Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is the Friday, September 9th episode of the podcast. And last night was the first game of the football season and the Rams got shellacked. And that is not what we expected, but we'll talk about that later. First, we've got to talk about Lamar Jackson's contract failure. Uh, neither side could reach the agreement that they wanted to reach. The Ravens are hopeful that that will not be the same thing at the end of the season. They'll be able to do some kind of long-term deal. Uh, they're just going to be focused on the season. I don't know what Lamar thinks about that, but I can't think that their relationship is as good as it was, obviously. Um, so let's get your thoughts on that, John. Yeah, it's uh, we've been talking about this quite a bit during the time that kind of sitting in limbo i don't think the ravens are being very understanding of the actual situation they find themselves in you never want to get into a situation where you're going down the franchise tag route for not being able to find a a contract extension for a superstar all-star player at this point that's not where you want to be because normally if you get in those situations usually they don't come back all that frequent they're usually in a different team's uniform, they're diff- they're going down a different path. Now, you could try to do another contract extension. You can try to pull down that route. You could try to act like nothing happened and, and just kind of move on through that. But at that point, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be in a situation where if you can't figure out a contract extension now and you've had months to talk about and months to get things going to where you want it to be and he still hasn't said, okay, we'll do a contract and you offered him one, that usually points to the signs that this isn't going to a happy Hallmark ending. This is going towards the possibility of a him going to a different team. And I think it also points to the fact that there's a little more... Uh, there's, a, there's something more to be said about the fact that he liked to post about him in a Miami Dolphins uniform uh, as a Photoshop edit that was on Twitter. Uh, and most people said, don't worry about that. You know, it's fine. He's probably going to come back or yada, yada, yada. But it kind of feels like at this point, it kind of feels like things are going in the wrong direction for the Ravens and that Lamar Jackson could end up being on a different team come 2023. There are multiple quarterbacks that are up for extensions during 2023. One of which is Justin Herbert. Uh, Lamar Jackson is another, I think there's another guy, I can't remember his name, but maybe you can get into a situation where you're like a Dak Prescott situation where he'll come back and give him a long-term deal after this season. But more than likely, you're probably going to have to franchise tag him next season, unless you're working out a contract the entire time. If not, he's also representing himself. So there's going to be a situation where it's not going to be like an agent is representing Lamar Jackson, meaning he's going to be doing all his own negotiations, which means he's probably going to be a little more stubborn with how things are going to turn out. And that could usually doesn't work very well for NFL GMs. They usually don't like to be told how they're going to do their contracts, how they're going to do their extensions, and how they're going to handle their players. Lamar Jackson's in a little bit of a different situation because take Lamar Jackson out of the picture and you probably are a couple years out from, you know, deep playoff runs and all of that. But at the same time, it's just the NFL. We come to expect the unexpected as far as situations like this are concerned where we saw Russell Wilson literally get traded to the Denver Broncos last season. We saw the biggest shakeup and off, like one of the biggest shakeups in off season in an off season where guys were literally going everywhere as far as to different teams. Uh, and so I would not be too surprised if they end up failing to get Lamar Jackson locked up to a longer contract. They do the franchise tag stuff. They go down that path and maybe in a couple years, 
we see him feel or see him get extended at that point we don't know exactly what's going to happen obviously he wants to get the most from this deal not anything to say about that that's perfectly fine but Either the either the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are a great standing, and we'll know more about that as things take along, or they're not. But I think the I think the Ravens made a huge mistake. You gotta please all star players in the NFL, otherwise they will take you down a path that you normally don't want to go on. And Lamar Jackson doesn't seem like all other superstars where he's just wants to play football. He just wants to be the guys, but obviously it's also a business at the same time. So at this point, the Ravens have put themselves in a situation where they're going to be in the way and see that their fans are in because they've got no power to make Lamar Jackson sign a long-term deal. They can franchise tag him, but like I said, it gets more expensive each and every year that you try to do it. So at some point, you're just going to spend more money than you want to, and Lamar Jackson might walk to a different yeah, team. Yeah, I think he. I think he probably will. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in a new uniform come twenty twenty three. It doesn't. The thing that doesn't work out well for Ravens fans that might be listening is simply this: they offered a contract, he turned it down. They had months to talk about it, figure out a new situation that didn't work, and now they're not having a contract for twenty twenty three. Yep. Usually doesn't work yeah, out that's, so that's well. Probably not going to work out. Yeah. And then the whole social media thing, and that's been kind of a sign we've seen from other quarterbacks and other players when they're social about to media. be on the move. Yeah. Clearing their social media. Yeah. All right. Before we cover last night's game and the surprise that it was, there's been some MOB shakeup with a few different new rules, including the pitch clock, larger bases, and no defensive shifting. Um, I was kind of surprised by a few of these. Uh, what do you think of the changes and the reasoning behind them. Yeah, so the one with the shifting one, it's kind of weirdly put because that article says no shifting at all. And I saw a video that came out later that says you could shift, but there has to be a guy on either side of second base. Yeah, so both you, guys on either side of second base have to you be have to, on dirt. They can't you be have on to put, Yeah, exactly. To be on dirt, you can't be in the outfield, so you can't have four guys in the outfield. Yeah. Uh, and basically, they're trying to encourage more infield hits. But it's just kind of a weird situation where shifts are such a key part to the MLB where you're trying to get people out uh, and trying to make sure the ball can't go over your head. It's just like one of the most strategic part of baseball. And you're saying you have to switch it up. And what is a shift if you can't move the guy past second base? Like you have to have a third baseman on one side and then you have the other guys the other side. But that third baseman needs to fill up a gap closer to second base or past second base to get the shift to fully be completed. Yeah. So at that point, bye-bye shifts, possibly. I guess. And also, that dead zone between, just say you did a shift and you brought the second baseman over a little bit and you brought the third baseman over a little bit, that dead zone between the second baseman and the outfielder is huge. Because he's got to turn around and run. They're trying to like they said encourage. They said they want to encourage athleticism of the players, basically, like let them prove that they are as athletic as they claim to be. Uh, So they're trying to make it a little more difficult. Um, The pitch clock, I love that idea. I've been waiting for them to do that. We talked about it when we interviewed Josh Carey um, a couple months ago, and they were doing pitch clocks in minor league. They have a minor league team nearby so we were able to see them play we saw pitch clock and how it works uh for those that don't know uh, and didn't listen to the interview basically you have i think it's 12 seconds something like that to um to throw a pitch if you don't it's a ball at least that's how it worked in minor league so if you miss the pitch clock then you obviously get the ball 
But they showed an at bat on MLB YouTube. I just watched a video on it. They showed an at bat where the minor league pitcher, it's the same pitcher in both segments, one in the major league and one in the minor league. He had a two minute at bat with the guy in the major league, just sitting there wasting time. And in the minor league, he struck him out in about a minute and 20 seconds. So it's Hmm. much quicker. Games can just fly by now with shifts being gone. I think the idea there is you're not going to have to waste as much time either. You're not going to have more guys hit into the outfield, extend the game, trying to get things going a little bit. I think that's going to be something that they're, that's really what they're working on there. But the pitch clock's the thing that's going to speed it up the most. The thing I love the most. And the reason I like it the most is because I want to see baseball games get faster. I don't want to see them literally stand up on the mound and walk around and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they already, they're not like they have to give signs anymore. They have that little device where you boop, 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 boop. Okay. Slider. No. Okay. Next one. Just a click of a button. And then you can just throw it. You're not wasting time with all that and all the timeouts of the batter back there. And the guy would literally walk in the entire base uh, or the entire mound. But the other thing that I don't know if it was mentioned in that thing I posted on Meow Sports. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it does. You can't, They're limited, limiting the amount of look-offs the pitcher can do. So you can't step off and throw to first base a bunch of times anymore. They're apparently limiting that. How many times you do that? I have no clue, but they're limiting that. And then also they're making the uh, bases wider. I think about three inches wider to, I think, 18 inches, something like that. If you look at it, it's significantly, it looks significantly bigger. They line the two bases up. One looks significantly bigger. But basically, apparently, the rule, way, the reason they did that is for uh, player safety to prohibit um, as many collisions or guys getting their foot stepped on as they're trying to make the play. Uh, so they give them a little more surface area to make that play and get out of the way before they get into the way of the base runner. So that makes sense. I don't think that's going to speed up the game by any stretch. I don't think that's going to slow down the game by any stretch. It actually, if anything, it's going to speed it up now that I think about it, just because it's going to be way easier to get outs now, maybe. But then again, it's still 90 feet between the bag from home plate yep. to the bag. They didn't make it shorter. So the runner still have to go all that way, but the bag's just a tad bit bigger. But like I said, the thing I like the most is the pitch clock. It's going to make the pitch or the at bat so much slower or so much faster. Um, because too many times when you watch baseball, you can get up, get yourself a drink, come back, and the guy's still, you know, fighting off pitches over and over and over and over again. The guy's getting all stressed out and taking, you know, a minute to throw a pitch. So getting things going a little bit quicker is going to be nice, um, because that's something that baseball has been in desperate need of is, is something to get a little bit quicker. And then it also seems like more balls are going to be in play with the shift rule where more time is going to roll up on the ground. They're going to get opportunities to get it, you know, throw the guy out, do all of that stuff. So that's going to be helpful as well. So, Good positive movement, but that won't take place until 2023. So we have a couple, a couple months to get that all finished, or a couple the rest of the season to get that all going. And great race in MLB right now. I'm super excited. I'm a Mariners fan. Been watching a lot of their baseball. Uh, I know Chris is a Rays fan, so we're kind of at odds right now. But every division other than the one where the Mariners sit. First place and second place are literally battling each other for that top spot. The Mariners are in the unfortunate situation of sitting, I think, 10 or 11 games back behind the Astros because of the terrible month they had right before they went on that stretch to get to the All-Star break and have one of the best records going to the All-Star break. And now they are in second to third place, depending on how the Rays play. And I believe the Braves 
and the Mariners play tonight, and I believe it's the Yankees and the Rays play tonight, and that I think is already happening. So a lot of interesting stuff happening with baseball. I'm for the first time really getting into baseball because if you know anything about Mariners baseball, you know it's very hard to watch. Yep. Based off the fact they keep getting eliminated before they can get into playoff contention this year, it seems like the year that they'll finally do it, and I'll be very happy if they can because that will be uh, the first time in what 21 years. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Briefly, I mean. I've been watching and playing baseball, uh, and actually, I've kind of disappointed in some of these really? new rules. And I think that there will be some fans who are also disappointed with these. I don't really like the idea of making baseball that much faster and putting so much pressure on pitchers on when they have to pitch and things like that, and making the bag bigger. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, especially you... the defensive shift that that doesn't make sense to me. So we'll have to like see how well, it you plays play out. baseball. Like when you were yeah. playing. And obviously, um, you never play in the majors or anything. But like, was it? So you like the slower nature of pitching as opposed to speeding well, it all up? Well, even just watching the watching the game, it's 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 a you like that? It's an it's like a you have to be invested in a game for a long while. It's it's a it's a journey. A baseball game is. But that's like the hard part about it is it's so much of a journey. Like I remember, I think that's probably the difference between like heavy basketball football fans versus oh yeah my heavy football fans fan. and the action-packed nature of basketball and football and soccer obviously but baseball is a much slower game it's a paced game it's a bit more of a chess match than but like football is. i remember like watching games well until one o'clock at night yeah, <laughs> just that's waiting like for it to end like getting crowded around a tv or radio listening for what's going to happen we'll have to see i guess it's and more of like you an old care school about view i think probably more so people who've been invested in baseball for a long time. I think the people that just like migrated over right now and all the new tech stuff that they're doing with the signs and making it faster, it appeals to probably newer switched audiences and younger audience. So we'll have to see how it goes. I'm be interested to see what people think about that when they implement those. Well, they're fully. trying to battle with the fact that preseason football had better viewership than their baseball right. at the Which end, I, right yeah. before the playoff stretch by like a million views or viewer, yeah. viewers or something like that. That's preseason football. And I'm never a fan of like altering game rules to make things more appealing for that, for that reason. That doesn't, the shift is the like one that, thing I don't like. I don't understand that. Yeah. Like I said, we'll have to just kind of see how it plays out and we'll be following that. I'm sure when that comes out. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. It's time to talk about last night's game, a game that I think most analysts thought was going to go to the Rams. Um, I know that when they were doing the picks last night, America's pick was the Bills, but a lot of the analysts there and the people on the show picked the Rams, as we did uh, on Wednesday, but they got in last night was a crazy, crazy game um, crazy, for both crazy, quarterbacks. Crazy. I think Josh Allen definitely won the quarterback battle, though. Um he stiff stiff arming that linebacker to the ground was amazing. Uh, but what do you think happened to the Rams on their first game back from the Super Bowl? So I watched it one time live, and then watched it again to answer that question. Okay, for the Rams, just to preface it, as all Rams fans are probably doing right now, to excuse the terrible performance, they're saying Matt Stafford's elbow. Matt, yes, but also. They lost their offensive coordinator. You know, he's gone as a head coach. They don't have him. They don't have OBJ. They don't have Andrew Wentworth. Don't have good protection. Uh, OBJ is gone, so still trying to learn all that. Matt Stafford's elbow. 
fine and good. But as far as the Rams' offense was concerned, they were getting pressured so much, and they were so inefficient at blocking it. The fact that the offensive coordinator even tried to dial up any deep balls that were not two, three, four yards quick and then back, those were the plays they needed to have because those are the only ones that were being successful. Anything that was deep, Matthew Stafford was getting hammered. And he legitimately couldn't have enough time to throw the football. He was hiked it. Yep. Three seconds later, everyone's in his lap. He's like, I just need some time. <laughs> and then when he can't throw the football, he's so rushed. He's throwing it too high, too low. And that's probably because, behind I mean, definitely him. because of Von Miller being there. Oh, they're yeah. having to shift to the double team. And that leaves a lot of the other pass rush to be free and to be able to get around. Exactly. And we'll talk about the Rams in just a second. But I also think the wide receivers, Cooper Cup was playing the best he could. Higby... You can't turn around and run without the football. Just, just grab it <laughs> and then turn around. Um, but I also think, as far as Rams on the or Rams on the defense, and we'll get to the Bills in a second because the Bills, everything is positive on that front. Yep. But the Bills or the Rams defense, the only thing there's two things I'll say. Why are you running so much zone? Because the Rams just found yeah, gosh, or the, the Bills just found your night. little spot. Just oh look, there's another one. Just zip it in, and there's no. Aaron Donald is trying to fight a double team to get in, and he's getting in there pretty efficiently, but Josh Allen's getting out of their hand because, obviously, the defense is running zone, and they should have been running man because they have more opportunities. And the other thing is you got to tackle. If they tackled more efficiently, they probably would have been able to stop the Bills more often because once they threw the pass, everyone was able to find little holes, get an extra two, three yards plow through people if you if you catch it tackle them catch it tackle them because they got on third down quite a bit and if they were able to tackle them they'd have even more success and they'd probably be in a situation where that game would have been a lot closer that was their biggest issue because the Rams defense was the bright point on this Rams team they had four takeaways a couple interceptions and a couple fumble recoveries where they forced the ball out jumped the route extremely well all of that was the case got to Josh Allen multiple times got multiple sacks uh, by Widener had multiple good plays, but zone and tackling issues did them in. Um, and then offensively, like I said, Matthew Stafford had no time and had some error passes, of course. But also, they just needed to do a lot more quick passes because I think that was an offensive scheming issue and a little less to do with Matthew Stafford as it does to do with the new office coordinator, all of that. And I do believe those excuses are good excuses as far as why they lost. Um, and also, I think... This is the same conversation we had with the Rams last season where they were, you know, not playing well. The chemistry was broken. Nothing was working. Everything looked terrible. And they went on that stretch and ended up winning the Super Bowl uh, and going undefeated through that stretch. So, you know, history repeats itself. But for the Bills, having Von Miller there was start defensively was huge. Like you said, they were able to get the double teams yeah, on Von massive. Miller. He got through there. He got multiple sacks. They were able to dominate. Everyone looked like a new pass rushing team. Played dominant. Whenever the uh, Rams made a completion, they were there to make the tackle with little to no problem and, and made the plays that were necessary uh, and had, and were just dominant the whole time. That's huge for defense. I, I really think this is the Bills' year. They're looking great. The cornerbacks played lockdown, giving Matthew Tavern nowhere to throw the football in the deep routes that they should not have been running anyway, but locked it down completely. Didn't play just zone, play a little bit of man. Great little scheme there, you know, something that the Rams need to look at. Uh, and then also offensively, they were not contained, but like 
the Rams were in the game for a little bit. And then the third quarter, fourth quarter rolls around and Josh Allen suddenly decides, Oh wait, he did. He my legs out. work. Yeah. Let's just have fun. And after that, he was throwing the ball 47 yards, 50 yards, getting touchdown, Stefan Diggs, everything like that. Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, like everyone was doing he, as much as he the, wanted. Like towards the end of the game, he was just having a great time out yeah. there and did not care about getting hit. No. When he threw that linebacker to the ground, going it was around a cornerback, the edge, cornerback, yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's something you don't see from a quarterback. It's just, and he's just such a big body guy. And I know, like we talked, you talked about it before. You like, should he be? Should Sean let him he run like but that? But whatever. I think it, it's it's it was crazy to watch. And I, I think they're gonna have a great season. It might shorten his shelf life by a couple years, but whatever. He's having a great time out there, uh, and also like. As far as his throws were on the money on point, getting the ball out on time, giving Aaron Donald no chance to get a sack was huge as well. So those are the points that I really got from both sides and why each side struggled the way they did or succeeded in the way that they did. Now, as far as the ability to beat the Rams, that's going to be something that people are going to look at. But it's also going to be you have to learn. You have to adapt. You have to change. You have to change your play calls. You can't just keep doing the same stuff. And I think I saw a little bit of – now, I want to watch the coaches' film on the Rams to see what play calls they were calling because obviously you can't see past five yards because of the cameras. But you still get a sense of the fact that Matthew Stafford's holding the ball and he's looking around like, when is someone going to get open? And then you see some plays where guys are just doing short stuff and they're making completions. So that gives you a pretty good sense of what's happening on the football field and the play calls. So it's on the coaches and it's on the wide on the offense. And I think in a lot of ways, the reason the Rams defense was struggling is because they spent the entire game on the field. Just did, could not catch a break. And when they made, an, when they made a good play for their team, uh, for offense to come back on the field... The offense was on the field and then got a three and out. And it, they left again and they had to come back. No, I'm saying, exactly. Matthew Stafford had multiple situations where he threw an interception. Now that's under a microscope. It's week one. Don't make too many you know, jumps like that. But the uh, the Bills look fantastic. The Rams cannot afford to let OBJ leave. If he's coming back and playing football, he needs to come back in a Rams jersey. If he goes in a Bills jersey... Oh, there's man. no reason oh, to man. believe that team cannot win a, a championship and yeah. Run away. Just yeah. run away. Uh, so I think in a lot of ways that was a great first game for Bills fans. Bill yeah, fans had to awesome be loving him. Uh, Rams fans, probably a little more upset. But those are the reasons everything lost. I watched the game. I was watching for what went wrong. That was kind of what I got from it. But yeah. um, And then the thing that happened right before the game even began was the whole Aaron Donald uh, sending a letter that said he wants to retire. Apparently, he said, hey, guys, I'm done. You know, great playing with you. That's what I'm assuming he said. Probably way more professional than that. And he sent it in. The Rams like, okay, that's fine. But let's go ahead and give it a, few, a day, see if we can get things to work. And then surely by slowly by surely, they got something and done. where would they be without Aaron Donald? Because they already lost Von Miller. If, if they, they lost Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald I, it, you know what would happen? Mm. The Lions would become very good. Yeah. yeah. Because they have all their picks. <laughs> um, so they would turn into a really good football program. Yeah. So maybe Matthew Stafford is doing this on purpose to look after his, you know, his old teammates. And, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I think football is back. Love it, it. Yes. If that was the that that's the Let's first go. game of the season. First this game is of the be season. A good football season. And we still got two more revenge games coming up yep. here. And I forgot to mention it. I think I should. I figured it out yesterday. The Chargers and the Raiders is a revenge game for the Chargers because the, the Raiders sent the Chargers home. When they could have tied it up and let both of them go in, but kicked a field goal and the Chargers <laughs> lost. So now so that's, that's Chargers fans are or, mad. Three or four. I think they even like tied something for, is like Joe Flacco? I guess 
I don't know. There's like revenge games everywhere. There's tons of revenge games week one. It's so. crazy. But you know, revenge game number one, Von Miller, two sacks. Yep. Yep. And they and they just it was a blowout. How did the off defensive guy get his hands up there, tip it, and disengage enough to get it? Right. And then run it back and, and Matthew like, Stafford gave yeah, the tackle. And that was what was like Matthew Stafford <laughs> upending the dude. Yeah. Just carrying him on his back. But in the first place, he was he he threw a kind he just kind of threw it to some of those. Well, guys I think he got a little antsy, like I said. Yeah. I think everyone's a little urgent to get a couple points on the board or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I kinda worry for Mr. Um, Mr. Cook. Got one touch, fumbled it, and now he didn't get to play again. Yeah. Fortunately, he turns it around for himself. Yep. He's All got right. a brother that plays, so it should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Monday's episode coming next week is going to be packed, I know, with how these games go.